Good evening. Uh, we're going to study. We won't study the parasha because this week there's no regular parasha because the parasha of the week is the Kriyata Torah for Rosh Hashanah, which is Akedat Yitzchak. So we thought that for this week and for next week, we could think a little bit together about Shuva. And we would split the two Sheurim. The Sheur of tonight will be mostly about the Rambam and how the Rambam understood Shuva. And the Sheur of next week will be about Rabbi Nachman of Roslov, how Rabbi Nachman understood Shuva. Uh, As all of the Sheurim that we've given before, Chagim, Yom Tov, etc., this Sheur also is in memory of Dr. Chuck Feldman, Zifonolurecha. I've spoken uh, many times about how uh, significant, serious, important that he was as a personality in his community. And of course, uh, the children that they raised, some of whom learned in the yeshiva, in the seminary, it was a close relationship. So we'll start with the Rambam. You know, the Rambam uh, basically takes the Gemara and organizes it in a way that is a lot easier for us to kind of comprehend, get to the bottom of, learn what the halachas are, etc. Uh, the Rambam did this oddly also to Hilchot Now you might imagine that Hilchot doesn't have so many halachot in it. I mean, you have to do tshuva. You have to repent. Repenting is a one-time action which should take care of of the problem, whatever the problem might be. But in fact, the Rambam saw it differently. And he tried to explain to us that tshuva has many facets and that it's important to organize those facets in a manner that will make it more convenient, more obvious, more easy to actually go through the process called tshuva. Now this was so important, what the Rambam did with the whole tshuva was so important that the Ramban Ramban, who was not happy about everything that the Rambam did. In fact, the Ramban was not happy about the fact that the Rambam was enamored, apparently, by uh, Greek philosophy, by the fact that he uh, ventured into those fields that were not so uh, positive in the eyes of most Jewish uh, composers. But the, uh, there was a serious uh, debate about whether the, uh, the Rambam's book should even be considered part of the canon. Uh, today there's no doubt about it, but in those days at the beginning there was some question about whether the Rambam was worthy, whether we should invest energy, maybe we should look elsewhere. And so there were even those who wanted to 
take serious action against the Rambam, encouraged other non-Jewish communities to burn the books of the Rambam. It was really a kind of a very heated debate. They came to the Ramban. The Ramban, several hundred years after the death of the Ramban, they came to the Ramban and they said, Ramban, no, where do you stand? Where do you stand on this debate that we're having? Can we accept the Ramban or can we not? So the Ramban said, the Ramban said, look, I agree with you that philosophy is dangerous. And we should not venture into the fields of philosophy. We should certainly not teach our children that philosophy has value. Go the Ramban. So, of course, the enemies thought that uh, they had a convert. But then the Ramban said this. He said, but if we get rid of the Ramban, we will lose Hilchot Shuba. You have to understand, the Ramban said, that Hilchot have an importance that go beyond, they go beyond anything else that you could imagine. Hilchot teach us, the Rabban didn't say it, but I'm saying it in his, for him. Hilchot Tshuva, is is about the humanness of the persona that sins. The Rambam changes us from a defeatist community, a defeated community, to a happy, serious, positive uh, community of people who can somehow deal with the realities that they find themselves in. So that's the Ramban about the Rambam. And so, let's look at a few things in the Rambam, see if we can clarify ourselves. You know, they used to think we could, we remember that that uh, the notion of tshuva contains tshuva, which is repentance, which is certainly an unknown, unknown entirely, this and then there's vidui, confession. Why confession? What's more important, the tshuva or the vidui? Are they the same? The same package. And then uh, the question of what happened to the biblical beta mikdash, the the beta mikdash portion of what the of what tshuva is. And on and on, there's more and more in the words of Chazal about this process. And the Rambam will give us a way of understanding it. So I'm going to look at first the Rambam Perak Aleph, Hilchot Shuva, Halacha Aleph. The Rambam says this, Kola mitzvot shebat Torah, that's how he starts. All the mitzvot in the Torah, any of the, I mean, any of the mitzvot of the Torah, if a person transgressed Adam, transgressed one of these mitzvot, whether he did it on purpose or he did it by accident, so this is 
You know, people who study the Rambam today, people who study the Rambam, who studied the Rambam for the last hundreds of years, the Rambam, look at this, this formulation in the Rambam, and they say, hey, something is going on here. Because the Rambam says, Kishe Yaset Shuva, Vyashuv Mecheto, Kishe Yaset Shuva. Right? So yeah, when he does, when he does tshuva, v'yashuv micheto, and he re- returns or leaves the chet, then he says chayav litvadot. He's obliged to. He's, obli- he's obliged to. Uh, confess. To confess. Let's say that again. The Rambam says kishiyaset tshuva when he does the act of tshuva, whatever that might be. Yashuv Micheto, and he actually does tshuva, Chayav Litvadot Lefnei Akel Baruchu, and he has to then confess before HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So what is it? So you could say, what is the Rambam trying to tell us? I think you could say, as uh, the Minchas Chinuch may have intimated, but you could say that the, a person who is connected to Torah and mitzvot, a person who yearns for a connection to the Rebbeinu Shalom, that person, if he's aware of the fact that he did an Avera, he's not going to wait. He's not going to sit around and think about what he's supposed to do. Of course he's going to do tshuva. Kishayat tshuva. I mean, how could he not? How could he avoid saying tshuva? Kishayat tshuva. V'yashuv michet o, and he does real tshuva, right? Chayav le, then the Rambam says they has a secondary obligation which is delineated in the Torah, and that obligation is vidui, is confession. And the Rambam says, like he says about every mitzvah minat Torah, every mitzvah in Torah, there's a posuk. And the Pesach says, They will confess the sins that they did. And the Ramam says this confession, It's a positive commandment. So the Ramam says something unexpected if you understand his words in this way. What's the mitzvah? What is it that you do? How do you do the mitzvah of tshuva? You have to do vidui. The main thing is confession. The main thing is confession, and it behooves us to say why. Why is that? The Ramam goes on and says, What is it that we call vidui? How do you confess? Oh, the Ramam doesn't turn away from that problem that he says, oh man, this is what you say, on Hashem Chatati, Aviti, Pachati, you use those three words. Those three words are the mantra of of uh, of Vidui. Not it doesn't say how do you do chuva? How do you do chuva? Everybody knows how to do chuva. But how do you do Vidui? Right? I'm embarrassed and unhappy about what I did, I'll never do this again. So you could say that if I look carefully at the way the Rambam describes the vidui, 
then I'll know exactly what tshuva is. Because what is what is vidui? It's it's the statement of tshuva. So maybe that's what the Rama meant. The Rama meant that if you look at vidui, you'll know what tshuva is. So let's look at vidui again. The vidui says, you say on Hashem chatati yaviti pashati. Now whatever, however you displace these three ideas, right? Whether it's shogeg and mezid and, and, and with chutzpah or it's some other kind of, but, but, but you have to be able to say that. You have to be able to say, I did it. I'm the person who did it. Chatati aviti pashati lepanecha vasiti kach I did it. I did what I was not supposed to do. Vareni chanti I'm unhappy about it. I'm embarrassed with what I did. Ula olam, never again. Olam eini So it's true. You could substitute for the word vidui. You could substitute for the word tshuva. But we understand very well that vidui is an extra obligation according to the way the Rabbah presents it. Everybody can do tshuva. Everybody can feel badly about what they did. Everybody can be unhappy about the way they acted. All of that is easy. Confession? That's hard. That's hard because tshuva, when you do tshuva, you admit to yourself who you are. Everybody does that a little bit. You can do that. You can admit who you are. But can you tell everybody else who you are? Can you confess who you are? Oh, there's a big difference. But it seems to me, it seems to me that people, people tend to cover up remember that Adam and Chava when they got kicked out of Gan Eden the first thing they understood about themselves was that they should cover up and what does cover up mean? cover up means I've got a secret there's something I know about myself that nobody else knows and when I do tshuva I can do tshuva for that which nobody else knows as long as it keeps up on the same level and nobody else continues to know who I really am and what I really did. The hardest thing about doing tshuva is owning up to yourself. Everybody knows that if you do something, you did something, okay, you did something wrong, you say, well, I didn't really mean it. It wasn't really what I was supposed to be doing. I had some reason. I, I, I feel that, you know, it was for the good, for the common good, for the good of the family, but I, that everybody can yak away and say why he's, what he did was really not what he did. He did something else. That's why you need vidui. Vidui makes that psychological difficulty, it, it obviates it. It makes it possible to be real makes it possible to confess. You can't hide. You can't hide anymore. So the first thing we see in the Ramam when it comes to tshuva is that tshuva is about not hiding yourself. Not hiding what you've done. 
And that's as I say all, all the time, you know, that on Yom Kippur we say vidui, a lot of vidui. The Rabbim himself said you say vidui before you eat the Suda Masekah, before you eat Arab Yom Kippur, then for Mara, for Shakras, for Musa, for Mincha, for Nilo, we say we say vidui to everyone and again and again we say, Well those what what are we doing? What are we doing? Why don't we just get to the heart of the trouble, right? I, I have to do Vidui for X. Let me do Vidui for X, or I do Vidui for Y, or for Z, and for, for, for the rest of the letters of the alphabet. The answer is that everybody is carrying around with himself the need to do Vidui on things that he won't admit he won't admit to. Either he's really forgotten them, like, you know, memory is an interesting vessel that we have. But we all know that memory is not something that we always can control, but sometimes we can. We can actually forget. Right? That's why there are mitzvot connected to memory. Remember. Because you could, because you could forget. Not because you're not going to forget. That's not why. So again, vidui for the Rambam expresses the essential nature of the mitzvah of tshuva. While it's true that vidui and tshuva sort of seem to be, vidui and, 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 and tshuva seem to be the same. You sort of regret what you did and you come and you say, I'm not going to do it again. You know, all of that, all of that is, uh, is in fact, all of that is in fact true. Nevertheless, nevertheless, if I say vidui over and over again, it might work the opposite. I'll, I'll read a line of vidui, and I say, oh, I, I remember. I remember I really have to do tshuva for that as well, for that transgression. That I, I forgot about it. I wasn't thinking about it. So thinking and vidui are connected to each other, even though it seems that Thinking and tshuva would be connected to each other, but the rabbi says, no, you need vidui in order to kind of encourage the thinking that you have about yourself to come closer to the truth, to come closer to the truth. Okay. We've done one halakha. The Rambam in halakha bet, Berak Aleph halakha bet, the Rambam says, Remember that at the time of the Beit HaMikdash, there was a very elaborate ritual on Yom HaKippurim. And that elaborate ritual, for example, was connected to the Sayyir HaMishtaleah, to the goat that was sent out, right? And then the Rambam says, Sayyir HaMishtaleah, it's not on the sheet, I'm sorry. The, the Sayyir HaMishtaleah, Lefishu kaparal kol Yisrael. Lefishu kaparal kol Yisrael. Kohen gadol mitvadeh alav alashon kol Yisrael. So the Rambam said there's another kind of vidui and kapara. There's kapara for Am Yisrael as a nation. There's national judgment. And the Kohen gadol is the one who represents us. And he says vidui for all of us. And that vidui for all of us, he says, Mitzvadeh alav alashon kol Yisrael. And that is in the pasuk, Mitzvadeh alav 
et kol avonot b'nei Yisrael. So you see that there's another story at this period of time which culminates in Yom HaKippurim, and that is that that there's a nation, there's a there's a community of people, and that community of people also has to do tshuva sometimes. So we remember, remember because we go through it every Yom Kippur, Mincha time, the story of Ninveh. The story of Nineveh, Yonah came to Nineveh and he said, thirty more days the the city of Nineveh will be destroyed. The people cried and they put on sackcloths and in other words the fact that they that Yonah addressed the community, he addressed everybody together. The fact that he did that the fact that he did that was understood by the people in Ninveh. They understood that as a community they would be judged by heaven. And that if that judgment was not going to be positive, they were in great trouble. And so they did tshuva, all of them. All of them came and they and they did tshuva so that we see from the story of Yom HaKippurim that B'nai Yisrael, that the Jewish people also had to go through a process of that kind. There had to be somebody, there had to be somebody who was going to teach the Jews uh, that they need atonement as a community, not as individuals. They they did uh, they did tshuva. Here's Yom Kippurim. Well, however that works, it works. But what about national crimes? What about crimes against humanity perpetrated by the nation? Or well, what about that? What about that? So the Rambam says, well, Yom Kippur takes care of that. So I just mention that because I want to understand. Now that there's no Beit HaMikdash, and there's no Sa'ir HaMishtaleach, and the Kohen Gadol does not go into the Holy of Holies and say, Vidui for Klav Yisrael. So what do we do about all that? What do we do about all the things that are missing? The 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 process. What we said at the beginning. What I mentioned. So the Rambam says in Halacha Gimel Perik Aleph Halacha Gimel In our time, and the Rambam is talking about his time, but his time and my time are the same. Bismanazeh. In this day and age, ain't Beit Hamikdash Kayam, ain't Lana Mizbach Kapara. That's what the Rabban says. I said, we can't do the mitzvot that the Torah demands of us. And if you can't do the mitzvot, you would think that you can't get, you can't get atonement. You can't be forgiven. But the Rabban says, no, Beit HaMikdash does not exist. The altar, which was producing kapara. It was every morning they gave a korban tamid. Every afternoon they gave a korban tamid. The Gemara says that the korban tamid also atoned for the transgressions. In the, the korban tamid in the born morning of the of the chata'im, uh, uh, of the sins of the night, and the korban uh, tamid in the afternoon of the sins of the day. So, so every day Every day the korbanot are working in our favor and we don't have them. 
We don't have Kovanot. So, so who says we have Tshuva? So the Rabbah says, Bismana says, Sheina Beit HaMikdash Kayam Beit Nanu Mizbah Kapara Ein Sham. There isn't anything other than Tshuva. That's all we could do. If you remember what we said at the beginning, in the beginning of Allah Aleph about Tshuva, that Tshuva is not the Mitzvah. What's the Mitzvah? Vidui. Vidui is the Mitzvah. So what's Tshuva? Tshuva is the natural, normal reaction of anybody who is grabbing onto a piece of the Torah. Because anybody who wants, he's like he says, Torah, I want to square it with you. I know I can't get any help from the Mizbeach. I know that there are no Korbanot. I know that there's no Sayyarim HaShtaler. I know that the Kohen Gadol is not going to go up into the Holy of Holies and daven for me. I know all of that. But I can't help myself. I have to do tshuva. I have to do whatever I can do. And I can't say, I can't say, but I can't do everything. I can't do the things that the Torah wants to do. You know, I can't. But whatever I can do, I do because it's a natural thing to do. It's the it's the positive thing to do. It's a thing that most that people who are connected to the Torah would surely do. So the Rabbi says, The tshuva atones for all Averot. The tshuva is enough. And so it's like saying, you know, Kodesh Baruch Hu punished us because we were sent into exile. But before we were sent into exile, we're talking about the Roman exile, before we were sent into exile, the, the temple was destroyed, and Jerusalem was destroyed, and the, the people who learned Torah had to move from one place to another. Would it, it, it seemed unreasonable to the Rambam that a Kodesh Baruch Hu would leave us in a situation where we wouldn't be able to do tshuva. That the Rambam was not able to to absorb. What's the name of you? you, you of course you could do tshuva. Of course you could always do tshuva. And since tshuva is not a mitzvah, it's not connected. It's not connected to those mitzvahs that are connected to the Beit HaMikdash, to Korbanot, to Sira Meshtaleach, to the Kohen Gadol HaGyobah Kippur. It's not connected. Not connected to those things at all. So, Ancient Ela Tshuva. Atshuva, Halacha Gimel, I'm reading, Mechaperet Al-Kola Averot, Afilu Rasha Kol Yamav Atzat Tshuva Bakrona, Eim Askiri Lo Shuvdova Berisha. The Rabbam says, even somebody who is a rasha, rasha is a bad word, a wicked person, didn't keep the Torah, didn't do what he was supposed to do, kol yamav, all the days of his life, all the days of his life. And then at the end of his life, I mean, he's already a hundred years old, at the age of a hundred, he did tshuva, ain maskir lo shum You can't mention you can't mention anything about his wickedness. Okay? And then the Rambam makes an interesting addition, which is also in the Gemara, and he says, 
Yom HaKippurim has a special magic to it that besides tshuva there is the kapara that comes with Yom HaKippurim we're not talking about the things that people did at Yom HaKippurim not talking about the Mizbeach the Kohen Gadol right, the, the Korbanot not talking about that about that, but there's a there is on the calendar there's a day called Yom HaKippurim and about that day of Yom HaKippurim right, it says Ki bayom that somehow the Yom the day we call Yom HaKippurim has a special power and energy and that special power energy exists all the sins that you have are kind of weakened, uh, denied, removed by Yom HaKippurim. Not by what we do on Yom HaKippurim, but just by Yom HaKippurim. Right then the Rambam says, the Rambam says that Yom HaKippurim remains Hashem did not take away Yom HaKippurim from us. Did not. Yom HaKippurim continues to exist and continues to define us. Okay? The mitzvot of Yom HaKippurim are not in place. But Yom HaKippurim is, is in place. Yom HaKippurim remains. So we see that the Rambam, what the Rambam did was reconstruct the mitzvah of tshuva in a manner which is appropriate for us as exiles. I mean, we have to somehow rebuild the confidence that HaKadosh Baruch Hu might have had in us. And tshuva is a way of doing that. It's a way of rebuilding it. It's remaking the remaking everything so you have we've learned that tshuva may not be the mitzvah but vidui is the mitzvah and besides vidui there's Yom HaKippurim and the Rambam continues to go through many of the halachot of uh, many of the halachot of Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah again I remind you that this shir was given in memory of Dr. All the best to you, all the best.